0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. Now, have you ever just felt heard? It's not a common occurrence for me. In fact, I have spent most of my life feeling misunderstood and judged for my quirkiness. Well, this week's guest makes me feel heard, like she really gets me. And no wonder. Katie Weber has been interviewing women with ADHD since 2020 on her podcast, Women in ADHD. After years of interviewing, she has heard it all and really understand what it means to be a woman with ADHD, even though it presents differently in every single one of us. Now, this interview was so good, I'm sharing it again. During this rebroadcast episode, Women in ADHD podcast host Katie and I talk about her adult ADHD diagnosis, the visceral reaction she initially had to it, and how it has helped her see herself in a different way. We talk about why an ADHD diagnosis often makes sense of your whole life and the potential to change the trajectory going forward. We talk about the creativity that abounds in women with ADHD. And our multifaceted interests. We talk about the energy peaks and valleys of the ADHD roller coaster. And we talk about how, even though ADHD presents differently in all of us, there are some similarities that many women share. Now, Katie Weber is an ADHD advocate and founder of Women in ADHD LLC. She is also the host and producer of the Women in ADHD podcast, ranked among, among the top. of all podcasts worldwide. Diagnosed with ADHD at the the age of 45, Katie has made it her mission to help neurodivergent women learn to love their brains and live a more fulfilling, gratifying life. Now, you will definitely want to check out the ADHD and food episode with Katie, as well as my interview on her podcast called Shiny Objects, Brain Dumps, and a Vision Driven Life. I will put the links to both of those episodes in the show notes for you. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you have downloaded the free ADHD supports guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea for you to have it handy each week while you listen to the podcast because it is so full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. So if you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. And be sure to follow it all the way to the end because I've included a one-time ADHD reset course offer that can only be accessed through the guide. All right, enjoy the show. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Beerman where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week you'll hear first-hand relatable stories as well as invaluable tips, tools and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Katie, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. I am super excited about this conversation. And um, I love your podcast, and we'll talk about women and ADHD. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But before we really dig in, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey to how you got to be doing what you're doing now? <laughs> uh, I will try I to make laugh, this. Right? The journey. I know, right? <laughs> it's not a straight line (laughs) well not only that but
1: like i think we have a tendency to be like well how far do i need to how far do i need to backtrack like i was born on a stormy rainy night (laughs) 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 Uh, but really my adhd journey uh really started at the beginning of the pandemic Mm. and That was a difficult time for a lot of moms, I I realized that, Um, and I was sort of going through a lot of what many of us went through, which was my husband was home working, my kids were both home, Um, and I just, you know, we're sort of trapped at home, and I had all of this like pent up Energy around, like, maybe this would be a good time for me to start like reinvesting in my job, right? Like, I just had all of these ideas and felt really, really frustrated because I felt like I was in what I've called like suspended animation where I mm. just couldn't focus on anything. And I felt like my job. You know, my my role was this suddenly I was the housekeeper and the, the chef and the teacher and the mother. And I felt like I was sort of waiting for the next big catastrophe with my children, like they kept bursting right. out of their bedrooms during virtual learning. Oh, I can't get on Zoom. Oh, the Wi-Fi is out like it just felt like and and in those moments. In between meals and and you know, Wi-Fi issues and schooling. And like I just felt like I couldn't do anything in the in between moments. And right. I just was in this like waiting mode. And I remember ex- describing this to my therapist and just feeling like so frustrated. Um and that was a, and now she had many times in the past recommended I look into ADHD mm-hmm. <laughs> uh right. in terms of other things that we had discussed around um. You know, just like getting really excited and starting a business, and then losing interest six months into it, and so those right. oh, patterns that, in my yeah. life, right? <laughs> uh, so she had always recommended I look into ADHD, and I. Couldn't understand what she was talking about because I was like what I'm not hyper like I you know right. I had this idea of what ADHD was which was a hyper little boy who couldn't sit still and I was like almost offended I think when mm-hmm. that she kept recommending it to me because I was like really do you think I'm like a hot mess um spoiler alert I am but anyway <laughs> <laughs> me too uh, raising my head <laughs> <right>? <laughs> uh so but I just never really took it seriously or was sort of like yeah I guess maybe I don't know um And then it was in the pandemic that she said, like, I think you should really just look into, you know, what this is and how it manifests in women. Right. And I was like, all right. And so I had taken an online test uh, that was a generic one for adults. Mm -hmm. And it was much more of the DSM questions about, like, do you feel like you're run by a motor? And these, like, really random questions that I didn't relate to where I was like, "Uh, I don't know. Don't we all? Um, And and then i took the one that was made specifically for women by sari soldin that's on the attitude magazine website and that was when it hit me like a ton of bricks where i was right. like oh we're not talking about fidget spinners we're not mm-hmm. talking about like you know attention issues we're talking about like deeply held shame around my house and and domestic right. duties and mothering and who how how I view myself as mm-hmm. a partner. and um and that's when it really was I was like, oh, maybe this is a little bit more, than just uh feeling fidgety (laughs) or feeling you know having a lot of pent-up energy maybe there's a lot more that this like the tentacles of adhd are reaching into a lot more of my life than i realized Mm -hmm. and as somebody who had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety for most of my adult life and really struggled with postpartum depression and like really sort of always had depression and anxiety in the mix in terms of my identity, but also kind of felt like it wasn't the right fit. Um, That's when I just had this intense visceral reaction to an ADHD diagnosis and started looking into it. And then it was like, it was so profound. It just felt like, it just felt so overwhelming. I couldn't believe how much ADHD affected so many seemingly random areas of my life in so it was profound right. and it was really starting to shift how I was viewing who I was mm. uh, in the world right And so that's when I was like I really w- I can't be the only person who's experiencing this I can't be the only woman who's experiencing this as a late diagnosis because I was 45 at the time right and I just thought you know, I'm stuck at home. It's the pandemic. Uh, maybe I'll start a podcast because um, you know, it was an excuse to reach out to other women and hear their stories. Right. And so that's how I just, you know, I just like started the Women in ADHD podcast uh as a way to hear other women's stories and kind of validate my own. And yeah, that was two almost two years ago. And so I'm I guess, you know, we're sort of on the same track in, in that we were,
0: we, we did the podcast, same thing. <laughs> i was November. it looks like you were december right yeah right so so basically
1: it was sort of like you know we're at home and i'm lonely and and this is i realize now that i'm like this is how i learn i learn from these conversations and interviews and so it's just sort of happened that it's just sort of snowballed from there just you know it's been a nice growth journey
0: yeah yeah growth talk about growth and it's just been a couple of years for you for that that diagnosis and first of all Thank goodness to your therapist for even mentioning it, because I had been seeing therapy. I'd been in therapy for decades, and no one ever suggested that I might have ADHD. It wasn't until my mother was diagnosed at fifty that I that she was like, wow, well, it runs in the families. You, know, you probably have it. Your sister probably has it." You know um but thank goodness to your therapist for even suggesting it because there's so many amazing therapists out there but ADHD is it's so bizarre for one thing <laughs> because it reaches like you said it reaches all aspects of life and it's not just that hyperactive little boy, and it presents in differently for all of us. Um, but finding a therapist that actually has some kind of knowledge that can open that door for you—oh my goodness! I mean, that's what that's that's a beautiful thing, and it's it's kind of rare. At least for me, it was. You know, I'm still in search of a, a therapist that is um, that is very knowledgeable in ADHD and women. You know, I'm oh, still insertive. search of, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're it's... out there, but they're booked solid. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right? Well, to be, to be honest, I've actually gone back to grad school uh, to become a therapist because mm. I get asked that question so much from other women, which is like, do you know a therapist who understands what it's like? To right. have been undiagnosed for so long and right. how how profound this diagnosis can be. And, and yeah, there, there's such a dearth of therapists in general right now. Yeah. And they're all, you know, book solid. And so it's is really difficult to kind of find um somebody who really understands what this looks like and some one of some of the more unusual signs are in adult women. And so I was, and I also through my coaching have really kind of realized how um you know how as a modality therapy is so important for us and so and also the label and the diagnosis is so important for us so i've I've gone back to school now in order to become a mental health counselor and it's interesting and i know this is a little tangent so bear with me but It's it's okay it's been interesting to me now back in school that we're being taught to avoid the diagnosis because we're being taught not to pathologize Mm, depression and anxiety. And I'm sitting here like the lone voice in this room just being like, no, you don't understand how important the label is for somebody because it's an explanation for so many ways in which we beat ourselves up over the years that it is really important for us to have that why of that. Label, And yet I'm seeing in the curriculum of therapy that there's a tendency to be like, well, let's not jump to conclusions yet. Mm. Maybe it's just this. And, and I get that. I right. understand that. But I also sort of feel like there is a real importance to the validation that this diagnosis can bring that a lot of therapists through their training are are, you know, not comfortable really leaning into
0: right i love that you just said that first of all i love that you're going back to school because i've been thinking the same thing I'm like i really i i know i i saw that you were a yoga teacher or that you did your yoga teacher training i'm doing another one right now and now i'm doing kind of focusing in trauma because i'm understanding the overlap between trauma and and adhd and fascinating and masking so it's not necessarily I mean I, it's masking because we didn't know right we're masked trying to fit in to this neuro, neurotypical world when we when we we don't we don't think like everybody else so there's trauma and that I think that would be called little t trauma like your whole life it kind of you know feeling like you don't fit in people are telling you why can't you just you know um you or you're you're too much you're not enough whatever um that's just that's just my take on on, uh, on on trauma and ADHD but i love that you i love that you said that about yes the diagnosis we we want to be diagnosed it's not a you know it's not a um Cause I talk to a lot of women they're like, oh, you know, I really don't want to get my kid diagnosed because I don't want them to get locked into that label. I'm like, I know, but if you knew, then you could support them. If you don't know, like we don't know what we don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's actually one of the questions that I was going to ask you about, about women who are on the fence about getting themselves diagnosed and also their, their children, especially their girls. Right. Yeah. Cause gosh, I do not want my kids to go through decades of thinking that they're wrong you know or that pain of of not fitting in and not knowing why
1: well my kids who uh, i have a 15 year old daughter and an 11 year old son and Mm -hmm. so i was diagnosed first and then both of my kids have since been diagnosed Mm -hmm. and so we kind of came to it the opposite of most adult mothers (laughs) or adult women. (laughs) I hope there's most adult mothers. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, so you know, and so I had a lot of these conversations with my partner, my husband about the label and because he mm-hmm. was concerned, right? You know, what is this going to say? They both do really well in school. And he was worried that they were going to be treated differently by their teachers and, and just treated differently in general. And I had to really explain to him that I'm like, they're going to be labeled either way. Right. I was labeled as lazy, disorganized, uh, you know, not living up to my potential. So those were my labels. So we're mm-hmm. always going to have labels. It's really about how much can you control? it and how much can you control the narrative in terms of like it problem solving right and finding the tools you need and this is that's what is so important about understanding what's really happening here right Right. And so, yeah, that's, I think, what I always have to say about about, um, the importance of that label, right? And that it's, you know, I had somebody tell me recently, she DM'd me and said that she was talking to her therapist about uh, how she felt like she wanted to look into ADHD. And the therapist was like, well, I think we're all neurodivergent in our own way. And that every brain is different, like a thumbprint. And and I just was like, that is aggressively unhelpful (laughs) to somebody who is questioning Questioning whether this is ADHD, right? right? Because it's like all of those eye rolls of like, well, this is so trendy. There's all these diagnoses right now, and let's like not jump to conclusions. I realize like that tendency, but I also just want to say that that is really unhelpful to yeah. somebody who has spent their whole life doubting, you know, who they are and doubting their, uh, you know ideas about themselves and always feeling like they're somehow broken or wrong and that you're just you're just you know reinforcing the fact that they're on the wrong path with which I think can be really deeply unhelpful
0: yeah yeah absolutely and not to mention the um the misdiagnosis right the because gosh I have been similar to you um clinical depression and anxiety my whole life like you know yeah well you're just you're just you know you have and also bipolar i was diagnosed with bipolar before i found out that i had adhd i had been on i don't know i tried 20 25 different drugs for depression anxiety bipolar and which made me feel like i was going absolutely more bonkers than i already felt (laughs) right without ever you know and and by well-meaning people right well-meaning therapists and and psychiatrists and um but that don't fully understand the um the uh um what adhd is Mm -hmm. and and how it affects it's not just and for me so i was diagnosed um uh in my 30s and for me so my mother was on ritalin my sister was on adderall i had tried all of these other drugs and i was like nope i'm just going to stay organized and drink my coffee right that's what i'm going to do so back then i thought it was um my understanding was it was it was about focus like okay so it did take me 10 years to go through college um but, but yeah i can handle this right i can do this i didn't understand until the pandemic when just everything fell apart in my household. We then we started getting my kids diagnosed, which one of them I had been asking since kindergarten, all the teachers, do you see this? Do you see what I'm seeing at home? No, 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 no. And then, um, and then virtual sixth grade was just, um, it was, it was, uh, it was a nightmare in our house. And then all of my ADHD, like all of the things just came, it was like, I couldn't keep them boxed anymore. And it just came bubbling out. <laughs> you know (laughs) and my whole house you know and my whole house was was feeling it as well so i started digging in okay so there's more going on my adhd is out of control right now i started getting myself into into communities um of women with adhd and i was like oh my god i am home i am like i just want to cry you know my Uh, my issues with, um, with, uh, with my social issues, like with friendships, like why I have lost so many friends throughout my life that, and I just couldn't understand, like, why can't I be that friend? You know? Mm -hmm. So, so what has changed? So you just, you, you were just diagnosed a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. So what has changed for you since knowing that you have ADHD and you understand executive function and all of these things and that you've been talking to all of these women.
1: Gosh, what hasn't changed? Uh, Mm, Right. (laughs) Um, I think the biggest thing that has changed for me is my self-talk and my self-acceptance. Right. Uh, and I think that it's really, um, you know, it's funny how you said, you know, we get so excited about this diagnosis. And I always joke that like when somebody is when a woman is diagnosed with ADHD, everybody else with ADHD is like celebrating, right? Like, right. Yay,
0: Yay, everybody! Now you know.
1: <laughs> and everybody who doesn't have ADHD is like, I'm sorry about your diagnosis or your disorder, right? Right.
0: The <laughs> um, disorder. Yeah.
1: So a So Diagnosis is just like, it's like a window opening. It's, uh, you know, it's, I think, um, what changed for me has really been thinking of myself as, as my self-worth, my, my intellect, you know, I never would have gone back to school if it wasn't Mm. for an ADHD diagnosis, because I wanted to get the hell out of academia as fast as possible, because it was such a nightmare. (laughs) And I I always believed I wasn't smart, Mm -hmm. and um, that I was fooling everybody, or that any, you know, I was always qualifying any success I may have had in, in some way, which is like, it was a fluke or it, you know, oh yeah, I mean, I wrote a book, but like, yeah, but I only wrote one, you know, I don't know if I could do it again. <laughs> I um, wrote one. Right. And, <laughs> right. And I see my kids doing this too, sort of, you know, which was like, oh, I did really well in this test, but you know, it was, it was an easy test. So it's not that big of a deal. And like, right. why are we always qualifying our successes in this way that, uh, and even, you know. Um, I think it's allowed me to realize that some of the things I struggled with weren't just me being stupid it was really just about you know this was a system that didn't work for you right. and there are there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary, that you actually do do well and, you know, that consistency, you know, I I used to get down on myself because I couldn't hold a job for two for longer than two years. Mm. And I tried lots of businesses and didn't get anywhere with them. And so I sort of always had this view of myself as this failure. And it's not my knowledge of ADHD has really helped me reframe a lot of that into wow you know i'm excitable and i love new things and why would i stay at a job for two years when i'm ready to move on and it's brought me to where Mm -hmm. i am right so it's like always seeing the other side of the coin Mm -hmm. and you know i know ned hallowell talks about that too in terms of just like you know seeing deficits and and seeing them as um exceptional qualities and and being able to reframe a lot of that so it's helped me it's helped me be a much better wife it's helped me be a much better parent because i believe that i am good at these things whereas right. before i just thought i was a trash human mm-hmm. who was just bumbling through life and you know like many of us have who have said like uh, I just thought everybody got the manual but me, right? I, right? I didn't understand why some things were hard for me and other things weren't hard for me. I just felt like, you know, that metaphor of the swan uh, where everybody thought everything was going great, but like under under the surface, I just felt lost and mm-hmm. madly paddling and... Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Basically, it was really just like my self-talk, I think, mm-hmm. is the biggest thing that has changed. Right, um, right, And how how I owe it to the people in my life who love me to have, uh, you know, a sense of self-worth.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Because I know my, my big, well, what I learned in a very painful way is that, um, especially our kids, they are watching us yeah. all the time. Right. So if we are talking, even in our heads, like they feel our energy. If we are beating ourselves up, they feel that. Right. And that that was that was the that was the thing that got me into action. And now this is before I really started embracing my own ADHD. But um, but that I'm doing this for my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm stopping the um, the uh, the trajectory that we were on. You know, with with my with my self loathing. You know, not just like, why can't I be like other people? Why can't I go to the park and I see these moms and it looks so easy and everybody can get their kids out the door and they can do all these things? Why can't I do this? Yeah, it's it's um it's interesting. And and I it's freeing knowing that there's a reason for it. You know, it's freeing to know, oh, okay, my brain just works differently. And now I know I can work with my brain instead of against my brain. I had a coach years ago who used to say to me, Tracy, why are you always swimming upstream? Why don't you just go with the flow of your life? And I, I, when you were talking about the, the, uh, well, why wouldn't I change jobs every two years if, um, if I'm not interested? If I'm not interested, I'm not going to give it, you know, that's what, that's what ADHD is. It's an, is it interesting and important? Interesting and important. Then yes, I'm going to give it my all. But, you know, when it's, when it's done, it's done. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we can move on to the next thing. So, um, so adhd presents differently in all of us and we know that so it sounds like you like like i did that um the uh, i feel big emotions i've always since i was a kid um especially the uh, the anxiety and the depression but over the past couple of years and you've been interviewing all of these women do you see any similarities in um in the way it presents
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I I have a son and a daughter and, um, like I said, both were diagnosed with ADHD for very different reasons. Mm-hmm. And my son is much more of a sort of obvious physical presentation. He's much more stereotypical, and he's also a lot like me in that he has a lot of attention issues. And so I did not do well in school. I barely mm-hmm. scraped by. I dropped out of high school, then went back, dropped out of university, then went back. Like you know, it was like a long, very storied history. I never thought of myself as a good student, and so my right. son is sort of uh, has similar tendencies. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand hand, does really, really well in school, Mm -hmm. high Mm -hmm. honors, always done well, all accelerated, you know, uh, and she's does incredibly well. And so I never would have thought she had ADHD until I started interviewing woman, you know, woman after woman, about the fact that they did very well in school. Mm -hmm. And they had a very very high sense of perfectionism and really high expectations of themselves that then led to uh, depression and anxiety in adulthood Mm, and so i was seeing that pattern a lot which is that Mm. there's actually a very large population of girls who are really doing well in school and they're white knuckling it (laughs) right and nobody really sees that anxiety and they're you know it's becoming a powder keg Mm -hmm. and so that's when I took another look at my daughter and realized, oh, like she's not doing okay. And, and, and she has a lot of anxiety that I don't know how to help her a lot, a lot of the time. And it was Mm -hmm. funny because we just had a, you know, she got her diagnosis over the summer. And so at the beginning of the school year, we had a 504 for her because I was like, well, I want to help her with her anxiety. And so let's have a 504, let's give her some extra time in her tests and 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 you know we had this you know uh, uh, all of these requests and we were sitting in the 504 meeting and the you know there was a teacher there who understandably it was her english teacher she has a 95 average in the, in english right now and he was like what are we doing here he mm. he was genuinely confused because he was right. like she's doing well i don't understand why you have a, a 504 like she has a 95 do you want a 99 like you know why are you pushing her and he just didn't and i sort of had that moment where i was like oh like I don't think a lot of people understand what this hidden struggle is. And so in his mind, he was like, she doesn't need accommodations. She's doing great. And I'm like, I'm seeing a very different child than you are at home. Right. And that was the thing I noticed with with both of my kids is they do really, really well in school. They hold it together. And the minute they walk through the door, they burst into tears because it's their safe place. And so that's where I started seeing a lot of that behind the ADHD, which is like Mm. that there's when you have adhd adhd there's so much work put into doing well and and holding it together you're often very bright and right. so you have to like exhaust yourself in order to kind of keep up your these expectations of yourself and then that turns into what we're seeing in adulthood which is intense levels of panic attacks and anxiety and Mm. and i don't think we're making those connections early enough especially with girls
0: absolutely i love that you and know, i just i have chills right now and some tears too because yeah. there there's a lot of pain and there are i know there there are women in their 60s and 70s who are getting diagnosed with hd oh all of those decades right and that's yeah. why um yeah i totally the the uh the anxiety um of, you know, I should be able to. And, and again, it's that that fitting ourselves and the way that our brains work into what is expected socially, right, of the, the education system. And, you know, this is the way we do it. It's a lot of pressure. And um, Katie, I listened to on your um, women with ADHD, women in ADHD podcast, I listened to your um the episode where um one of your guests interviewed you which was fantastic and I loved it and I and I um I uh you were talking about when you when you finally did go to college and how you had like you just had to work really 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 at college was so hard for me and I got the A's right eventually eventually I got the A's but at, at a cost Right. Because my anxiety was through the roof and that I had to do it this way. And ha- and like all of the ways that I um, that I all of the notes and the study things that I had to create for myself in order to just maintain. <laughs> you know? Right. And that then and then my expectation on myself to get the A's, which was on top. And I do. I'm, I'm hearing more and more um, about the girls. Right. The girl, especially in, you know, in, um, in elementary school. And I think this is probably why I would ask every year, because knowing myself, I'd asked every year, are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? I'm asking the teachers? No. But just like your, just like yours, your your um, your daughter with no, she's got a 95. Why would we why would we do anything different? But we do, it's important. And I think that brings me back to that, you know, why, why even get the diagnosis? Because we don't want to create these, um, these, uh, you know, they call them the comorbidities that go that can go alongside ADHD, but we can, we can, we intensify it as we go on and we, you know, we're allowing our, our, our girls to, um, to mask you know and just thinking oh well she's got it she's got it it's okay my my uh my mother um of course i'm going round around katie but um but uh um my mother like i said was diagnosed at 50 and she talks about how as we get older she calls it age amplified ADHD that we that there's more and more responsibility and then we've got these layers of you know the anxiety and the depression and the perfectionism and the not being like the other people and trying to fit in and the social expectations and all of the things and i think it gets amplified so the sooner that we can get diagnosed and you know for some of us you know, I, we, we just I happen to have a, um, I happen to have a friend my mother had told me and it was several years before I decided, OK, well, I'm going to I'll I'll look into it. Yeah, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. My mother's also very into genetics. And I was like, you know what, just because you have it doesn't mean that I have to have it. So I kind of rejected it for decades. Um, but uh but i just happened to have a friend who was a family therapist and he um he was the mo- the one who kind of diagnosed me in the you know after hours in the back he's like oh you failed miserably you absolutely have adhd i was like okay okay all right now what i don't know i'm not going to try drugs of course i've changed my tune since then um but uh let's see what was i going to um um Okay. So you talked about, so the similarities that you're seeing in a lot of these women who are getting diagnosed late in life is the, the, the anxiety and the depression and the, um, the intensity um, of the masking. And um, do you see that in your, in your own, when you look back on your own life? Do you, do you see that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I like to joke that nobody comes to their ADHD diagnosis because their life is going wonderfully and they're like, I need a name for this superpower, (laughs) right? (laughs) Usually, something has come along, some catalyst has come along to disrupt the way in which we have kind of kept our house of cards together, and we're really good at managing and, like I said, white knuckling it through, Mm -hmm. and then something comes along, maybe it's, uh, you know. Graduate school, maybe for me it was babies. Uh, I really, really struggled with new motherhood, and uh, you know, I look back and I think like, oh my goodness, the sensory issues, the sleep deprivation, the hormones. I mean, it's like a, it's like a melting pot of it's a perfect storm. Yep, (laughs) and and. Um, But again, you know, seeing that there's and then again, with the pandemic and like this disruption of structure, anytime that there's a catalyst, I think it's when we have these moments of breakdown. Mm -hmm. So those, you know, if you have like, you know, I said, like. I, I was saying on one of my episodes the other day where I was like, if you find even just like going to the doctor and having to make an appointment and remember to do this, and then going there and sitting in the waiting room and then having to explain yourself, like if that whole process is traumatic for you, that might be yes. an indication that you need to look into. I'm raising my
0: hand. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, making appointments. Are you kidding me? Like, right? What is wrong with me that I can't make an appointment? <laughs> you know?
1: But if there's if there's like moments like that that sort of feel like. you know, that maybe your, your level of response or like trauma response. And, you you know, I think it's so interesting to think about what are the small T traumas in our life, right? Especially as women. Um, that are leading to this and 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 it's a question we ask a lot and talk about a lot on on my podcast which is like I didn't know how much I was struggling. I didn't know this wasn't normal, right? Like right. you know, right. I didn't realize everybody didn't think this way. And so that's a really difficult question to answer for ourselves. How much am I struggling? Right. So Oh, what was your question even? I don't even remember. I think I really it was like can't this-
0: <laughs> remember, but just keep on this track because I'm liking right.
1: it. <laughs> well, exactly. It's this idea of like I think we're kind of holding it together and we're a lot of the times we can kind of work really, really hard to come across as having our life together. And then something comes along to blow that house of cards off the table, and then mm-hmm. we collapse. In the fetal position. Yeah. <laughs> and so, if the stakes feel that high around life events, then that would be an indication to really kind of look into this. Yeah. If depression has, if you've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, but you've also felt like, the normal treatments haven't been working for you, Mm -hmm. then it's something to look into because that's, Mm -hmm. those are really popular comorbidities. Or if you've ever felt like I did, like, why am I so depressed? My life is kind of okay. I've got a great marriage. I've got great kids. Why am I always depressed and Mm -hmm. exhausted? Then, you know, and then I also felt like, well, I'm bad at that. Like I'm bad at being depressed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, You know, if you've always sort of felt like just kind of Broken or or things don't make sense. That's a really good indication that you might want to look into this because uh a lot of what ADHD, you know, a lot of how a- we end up coming to our adult diagnoses is feeling like we've been trying to jam a square peg into a round hole our whole lives oh gosh, and yeah. we just can't do it anymore. And so I think it's a- another reason why a lot of women reach that moment in perimenopause where it's like, I can't keep up with like I feel like things are being thrown at me really. Quickly, and I'm losing my sense. You know, I can't keep up with my emails, and I can't. My memory has gone off a cliff, and like a lot of the things that naturally happen as we age, um, we're getting even harder on ourselves because we that age amplified
0: ADHD (laughs) exactly. And so, I
1: think a lot why a lot of us come to a diagnosis at that particular stage in life is that there's this moment of breakdown where it's like, Mm -hmm. I just can't. I can't hold it all together anymore. And it just feels like things are falling out left and right. And, you know, and then we start Googling early onset uh, uh, dementia (laughs) for Alzheimer's um, because we feel like, gosh, why is everything happening all at once, you know, and, and, you know, that's a huge question mark that we're always trying to answer, right? Is it hormones? Is it estrogen? It's Is all the it, things. Right? It's right. all of it. It's all of it. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's a catalyst. We have these moments where I feel like with ADHD, we have it's like a roller coaster. We have mm-hmm. peaks and we have valleys and it's the valleys when we have executive dysfunction and we really kind of where I feel like the the emotional dam tends to break right. and we really can't recover. Mm, uh, but the then The emotional also have, dam. Yeah. Right. Um, but we also have peaks where we're on fire, where we're starting new businesses and we're, you know, volunteering for the PTA and we're doing all the craft fairs and like all these things where we feel like we're really in our element. And right. and so it's not, there's no flat line with us. It's just, it's,
0: it's peaks and valleys. Right, right. And it's so much of what you just said. I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel when I'm, when I'm listening to your podcast. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> nodding my head. Oh, Yep. Yep. Yep, the actually when I was in college, a friend of mine, um, her um, husband, um, called me the roller coaster. He's like, "Oh, she I remember is hearing just you say that. Yeah, a roller coaster, like up and down and up and down. Like we never know where she's going to be." And I think that's probably why I was diagnosed with bipolar. But it wasn't when I read the description of bipolar. I'm like, "No, that's not me." And the drugs didn't work either. Um, But that trying to fit my, the, the the square peg, peg in a round hole. That is something that I've, I've felt my entire life ever since I was a little kid. Like I'm just not, just not the same. And the, um, the, uh, the, I can't remember what you called it. The, the, um, the events, the, the big, the big events that, Mm. that have, and you just said it, I had two kids under two at one point, and that just sent my ADHD like through the roof. So that was kind of the beginning. I'm calling it like that. And then that was that chapter. And then there was the, um, the, uh, virtual sixth grade pandemic chapter. So (laughs) I'm getting better and better. And I like to, uh, I like to kind of see life as like we're we're um it's uh you know we're on this upward ever upward spiral of becoming so we're becoming and every time we you know like when the pandemic hit i i'm like okay i'm gonna look back on where i was i think that's that that's the 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 cool thing when we can look back and say oh i'm a little bit further up i may feel like a hot mess right now but i'm a little bit further up and i'm a little a little a little um i'm growing I'm growing. I can look back, and I'm in a different place. I'm seeing it differently. Does right? that make sense? And
1: yeah, and and I I'm a big proponent of like cyclical energy and biorhythms because right. that's another thing that's allowed me to have a lot more grace with myself when I'm having a day or two where I can't get off the couch and I am just like, what is wrong with me? I can't shower. I can't like. I just can't do anything. I am exhausted. I have so much more grace with myself about that because I can start, I can think like, oh, well, you just launched something new or you just did, you know, you were just hyper-focusing and really busy for a couple of days doing something interesting. And so now you are resting and that is important because energy is cyclical. And so rather than thinking, only thinking about myself as the person who couldn't get out off the couch, Mm -hmm. because that was the troubling part of me that I wanted to focus on and fix, quote unquote, I can see that part of myself as one a part of the whole, right? And right, I can say, right. yes, that has as much purpose as the productive side and that they all kind of come together to be who I am. And so that has been super helpful to have grace in those moments where I feel like you know where in the past I would have also I would have used my productivity as as evidence for why I should always be productive. Right. And I'd be really down on myself when I couldn't be productive, as opposed to now, really kind of being able to see, step back, like you said, and sort of have that macro view Mm -hmm. of, you know. Um, almost like when we're, when we're feeding kids, when they're really little and you're like, they haven't had a vegetable in a week. And you're like, actually, (laughs) if you step back and you think about like how much they've been eating over the course of a week, like they actually, all of their needs have been met, even though it feels like all they want is bread, like they're actually doing okay. And so it's like really important for us to sort of step back and see that macro look at our productivity and, and be able to kind of really appreciate some of the things that we may have thought were, were, um. Character flaws.
0: Yeah, and I love that you. I love that the cyclical, cyclical energy that you just spoke about, and allowing yourself to be on the sofa if you need to, and it's okay, right? Because we feel like, oh, I've got to be doing this, and this is what everybody does, and I've got to be. No, I don't want to be a couch potato, but we're not couch potatoes (laughs) that's the thing we know that we're not couch potatoes because we can we can create we're incredibly creative in so many different ways you know and and i i think you you um you talked about this in one of your and maybe in the, the episode that you were um you were interviewed in on your podcast but about how creativity is not just you know it's not just uh painting or you know or the creative arts or the, the performing arts. Like it's not, that's the creativity is huge. I -hmm. I had this realization not too long ago that my husband, who is an engineer, he loves to take things apart and put them back together so that they work. And I never, and I was like, boring, right? But that's his creativity. Like there's so many different ways that we are creative and, um, and uh, i love that we can we need to acknowledge that and celebrate those those little oh, look at that look at that about me i'm right. in finding those superpowers right so i know i hear a lot too the why would you call adhd a superpower but why would i want to look at it as a deficit or a, a disorder like i don't that's not helpful for me if i can turn it around and see some of these things oh like there, nothing's black and white you know I can turn it around and and kind of shift and oh like what are one of those what, what's one of those things for you where where you used to think that it was um it was uh, oh something's wrong with me but now you've kind of, you you're kind of seeing it as a superpower
1: Oh, yeah, right. Well, I think it's really not being able to stick with things very long. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it was funny because like, like hobbies, like you were talking about creativity, right? Like, uh, I always felt bad that I never stuck with anything. I would learn to knit, but never finish the scarf. And I would, you know, I'd buy a sewing machine and buy all those supplies. And then I'd, you know, lose interest. And then it would be sitting there in the corner. And and I, you know, I I decided to just reframe my relationship with hobbies where I was like, Mm. my hobby is my favorite hobby is trying new things.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. My favorite hobby. (laughs) Right.
1: My hobby is trying new hobbies. And, um, you know, the fun, the interest, the dopamine is in setting it all up and learning. It's not in the completion and that's okay. I don't always have to complete everything right? because I've gotten what I wanted out of it. And I think about how all of these things, all of these, you know, moments in time lead to who we are today, right? And so um, one of the things that is wonderful about people with ADHD is the fact that they have so many varied interests and so many different certifications and jobs and, uh, you know, and and, and so we're able to be very, very well-rounded and see, have very interesting and unique perspectives in situations because we bring in so many different, like, you know, little uh, expertise because we become experts in things really (laughs) quickly. Um, Right. And so that's been one of those things where I've always felt like a scattered, chaotic mess, whereas now I'm like, I'm more like a patchwork quilt.
0: (laughs) I love that, a patchwork quilt. What a beautiful, I love a visual. So I'm seeing my life as a path. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for that visual, that's (laughs) (laughs) awful. Well, Katie, this has been amazing an amazing conversation. I'm super, I've loved this, our time together, and I'm hoping that we can have another conversation at another time. Um, uh, but for now, can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your course? Cause I love what you've, you've done with your course. Um, and how, how our listeners can find you.
1: Yeah. Well, the best way to find me would be at womenandadhd.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my website, and that's kind of is a starting point for the uh, online community that we have and um, the course, which is called Hey, It's ADHD, which it. is... <laughs> is really I you know I felt like I wanted to distill everything that I had learned in the beginning of my journey around ADHD and women Mm -hmm. and through all of my conversations and all of the sort of surprising uh characteristics that you don't always think about or you don't always see um I wanted just a place to put all of it uh, because for me when I was learning about ADHD I was looking for that I was looking for like I have all these questions and I just want all the answers in one place and so I've done my best to kind of distill what i feel like was the most important parts of my own journey of of adhd um, diagnosis and talking to my doctors and what Mm. questions to ask and what to bring to my you know all of the questions that i have been asked by women over the last two years just put them all into one course that you can then have um at your, you know, at your ready. And, and so it's, uh, not only are there a lot of self quizzes and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional test maker. I'm not a medical professional. So this is really just a, a self-realization quiz, which is like, how much do I struggle with these things? Like we were talking about, is this a big issue for me? Is this not, um, is this, I I had no idea this was part of ADHD too, right? All these seemingly random issues with like road rage or Orange, or, you know, right. Interesting. The, you know, or like I can't fold the laundry. What does that mm-hmm. have to do with my ADHD? So it's, it's a lot of that uh, self-realization opportunities to take some quizzes and also uh, opportunities to bring things to your doctor that would be mm. uh, start conversations. So that rather than going to a doctor and just saying, I think I have ADHD because I saw a TikTok video and then they roll their eyes and say, everybody thinks they have ADHD. You can right. really get to some of the more deeper chronic issues that because they'll, you know, doctors are looking for evidence over the course of your whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, th- and that can be something that's really difficult to articulate in the in a in a stressful meeting with a doctor so so these these are opportunities to really kind of prepare for those meetings if you're brand new if you think you might have ADHD and you're not sure what to do next the course is perfect for that but then if you also have been diagnosed and maybe medication's not working for you but you don't know what else to do or like what does a treatment plan even look like
0: Mm, the course has an
1: an opportunity to really start looking at like what are all the different elements in my life that need attention Mm -hmm. nutrition movement uh workplace, you know, at home, like all of the ways in which we kind of bring together a real holistic approach to what living with and managing ADHD looks like uh, beyond just taking a pill. Because I know also that for myself and many women, medication isn't the best, you know, isn't the cure-all at all. And it's not just that simple. So Really having an opportunity of like, okay, I've been diagnosed, but what do I do next? Do I need yeah. coaching? Do I need therapy? What do I do? So uh, it's really kind of it's a, a, an opportunity to go through that on your own and a little bit of of guidance and to point you in in the next direction.
0: Yeah, so. I love that. I love that. I was looking through the um, the uh, your your page describing it, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what we need. So thank you for creating <laughs> that for us. So definitely go and um, and check out. Katie at womenandadhd.com definitely go and listen to her podcast subscribe rate and review it because the more that we um the more that that uh the more the more we subscribe rate and review the more the the uh, special apple or the the uh, the platforms are going to show it to the women that re- really need to hear it so definitely go check out Katie and Katie if if there's one thing So I do, um, I do, you know, the podcast is vision driven mom with ADHD. So I do a lot of visioning with my, um, with my clients and we're visioning out three years. So what would you love to see for women and ADHD three years from now? Like you're looking, you know, we talked about that spiral and you're looking back, what would you love to see?
1: I would love to see, um, just more awareness and acceptance over mm. the fact that there is probably this isn't a trend right now that the right. reason why so many women are getting diagnosed is because there's more awareness being spread yeah. and it's only natural that more and more women who have lived their whole lives feeling like something was wrong with them are finally getting answers. Mm. So I would just have much more of rather than a, this sort of eye-rolling tendency that we tend to get from the general public, oh everybody thinks that they have adhd is that these women are really listened to right. and understood that this is an actual you know that this is uh, this diagnosis could potentially be life changing right. and and how can we help more women to make those, to connect the dots. And how can we, you know, in, in terms of like more therapists who really start to see what this looks like and, and, and realize how profound the shift could be for a woman and, and lean into getting, you know, more and more women diagnosed, as opposed to feeling like, um, we're misdiagnosing women and that it's something else, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, I do. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful, and I love that. And I love that you're going back to school, and that you're that you're you're going to um, you're going to help the uh, you're going to help. So just by being there, I think you're going to help the future generations of of people who are going through um, through uh, you know, getting their their uh degree in social work and and um and uh social work in therapy or whatever whatever the whatever the whatever whatever it's called um helping them to see to understand things in a different way and that that you're you are this is what you're doing so yeah thank you katie this has been an amazing conversation it's been fantastic to meet you and um i look forward to talking to you soon
1: yeah likewise thank you
0: all right goodbye for now Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD Supports Guide. It's a super simple step by step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent. Stay focused on what's important. Shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly. Make decisions more easily and develop more confidence all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmomcom forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.